You're now tuned in to the Desire to Trade podcast, a show where we bring you the best figures of the trading world and teach you how you can become a successful trader. This is your host, Etienne Kret. It's Inkat here, Forex Trader and founder of Desire to Trade. Welcome to episode 65 of the Desire to Trade podcast. Finally, I was impatient to interview that guest in the podcast. I'm going to guess that you guys know who this is, and it's probably not the first time you hear an interview with him. Well, this guy has been pretty much everywhere online and helping a lot of people to trade stocks. He is pretty popular on social media. He's done a lot of things. Can you guess who I'm talking about? Well, I'm talking about Timothy Sykes. Tim Sykes is a penny stock trader, and he started to trade in college. He's been able not only to turn himself millionaire in a few years from trading, but also helping his student do the same. This interview has been really, really game-changing for me, because one, I was impatient to talk with Tim Sykes, and second thing, I was really impatient to hear his advice, and I got some good advice from that conversation. I was particularly interested in learning how to turn traders millionaire, because it's something that I would love to be able to do. But you guessed it, it's not that easy, right? You'll see that Timothy is pretty energized. And he has a slightly different view than myself on different subjects. But it's still really important to consider that view. Because it's something you could apply yourself. So I'll leave you with this interview and I'll come back at the end with the takeaways. Tim Sykes, welcome on the Desert Trade Podcast. How are you doing today? All right, thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. And it took some time to schedule the interview, but I'm super happy to sit down today and record this interview with you. Yeah, no, thank you again. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, my schedule is kind of crazy, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, and I'll start by asking you, where are you now exactly? Right now, I am in Newport Beach in California. Nice, and just came back from Italy, right? Where, where did you go exactly? Literally just got back from Italy. My fiance and I were in Rome, Milan, and the Amalfi Coast. Nice, good stuff. So we always have a question we ask the guests on the podcast at the beginning. And it's, what is one quote that inspires you? One quote that inspires me, eat, drink, and be merry. Okay, okay. Can you explain a little bit why you picked that quote? It's because too many people take themselves too seriously and, and what life is and, you know, goals and money and, and all that stuff. And I think that you really should just live it up. And by doing so, you really, you know, let down your guard and, you know, you're not so worried about every little thing like you asked me earlier. You know, have I seen the questions that I prepare? And the answer for any interviewer is always no. I just try and, you know, speak out of my heart, speak from my heart, not speak out of my ass, but speak from my heart. And, you know, we see where it goes. I think that's a more interesting way of living. I love that. And I heard this story a couple of times. I'm sure people on the podcast probably heard about you a little bit, or maybe they did not at all. So tell us exactly how you started to trade. Sure. So when I was in high school, my parents gave me control of my bar mitzvah gift money, roughly $12,000. They thought that I would lose it all and that it would be a good lesson. I was already a tennis player. I was already into college, early admission, but I got injured. So I had a lot of time on my hands and I really got into the stock market and I wanted to grow my 12000 So at first I invested in big companies that you know you hear about on CNBC, but my money just didn't really grow. And I gravitated towards lower price stocks and that way my account grew in you know senior year of high school i went from 12,000 to over 100,000 and then freshman year in college i went from 100,000 to roughly 800,000 
Um, and then by the time I graduated college, I was at nearly two million. So for a middle class kid like me, that was something pretty crazy. And I've just been in the stock market ever since. And now, you know, I've made millions of dollars since trading, but now I also teach and I have a few millionaire students in just a few years of teaching. And was the beginning mostly because of luck or did you have a plan to trade? I mean, it, I was definitely in the right place at the right time in the beginning. I was there during the stock market bubble of 1999 and 2000, but a lot of people made money then and then they lost it all in 2001, 2002. I did not lose it all. I actually made my second million in 2001, 2002. Uh, by learning short selling. So I definitely had a little luck, but then it comes down to planning and preparation and adapting. You know, it's not just good enough to make a million dollars once. Obviously, that's good money, but if you truly want success and you want to be a multimillionaire, you have to try different strategies. You always have to keep learning, keep adapting to the stock market or whatever industry you're in. And over time, you see, you know, how you do and, and you can keep track based on, you know, your success in, in whatever industry you're in. And was your learning curve or you could say equity curve, was it pretty straight, pretty easy, or was it tough to go through it sometime to move forward? Yeah. I mean, early on, I was totally self-taught. I learned everything on the internet and I was just kind of like blind. I didn't know the rules, which kind of stunk. You know, I, I didn't know what to do and I had no guidance. And so I just tested out and there was a lot of trial and error. And even though I had success, I had some really heartbreaking losses along the way. So When I got into teaching a few years ago, I decided I wanted to be the mentor to people that I never had and kind of, you know, try and teach from my experience so that other people wouldn't make, you know, boneheaded mistakes. And that's what I try and think about every single day. How can I help my students just kind of cut down their learning curve? And, you know, anybody can learn everything that I've learned in the same 15, 20, maybe 25 years. But hopefully if I teach right, then you can learn everything in maybe a year or two. So we cut down the, the learning time dramatically. I think having someone like that makes a big difference because I think so many people don't want to have someone to help them, but it makes a huge difference. And even for me, it did. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I would encourage everybody to, to find a mentor um, just because, you know, mentors have been there, you know, find a mentor who has actually experienced. There's a lot of people who are quote teachers or gurus and they don't actually have success. You know, there's a lot of teachers out there, you know, the saying about teachers where like teachers are those who can't do so they teach. Mm -hmm. I'm a teacher who has done and I teach and I encourage you to find mentors who have had, you know, a lot of success and made mistakes along the way. My teaching would not be as good as it is without the losses that I've endured along the way. Now I try and, you know, tell people and warn them about what's going to potentially happen. Mm -hmm. And what were some of your biggest mistakes or biggest failures in trading? Oh, so many. I was so stupid for so long. It was insane. Betting too big, going all in on positions, you know, thinking that I'm definitely going to be right, trusting one of my investments, like ignoring my trading rules and actually just investing in a company, believing a family friend that that investment went bust. I lost several hundred thousand dollars. So I try and teach for my successes and my failures. Mm -hmm. Love it. And so what are you doing these days exactly? I guess you're teaching, trading and what traveling. I not doing these days is a better question. You know, I am teaching, I'm traveling, I'm making videos, I write a daily watch list, I still trade, I actually go back to the $12,000 every year and I try and grow that and you can see, you know, trade by trade how I do. So I don't trade with a big account because that's not really applicable for my students. So I go back to a few thousand dollars and in this year, 2016, I've grown the 12,000 to nearly 100,000 while the overall stock market is up only 5%. So it's trying to show 
how an individual can really beat the stock market and grow their accounts, you know, exponentially to life changing type money. Mm -hmm. But does that come with some risk? Because I guess you're making a huge percentage on that $12,000, right? Yeah, I mean, there's risk in everything. Everywhere in finance is risky. Everywhere in life is risky. But if you truly want to, you know, grow and do something meaningful, you're going to have to take on some risks. I would say my number one rule, though, is to cut losses quickly. So even though I'm stock trading, you know, and you can say stock trading is risky, I'm day trading, that's risky. I'm so focused on cutting losses quickly. So I trade like a coward and I, I teach my cowardly trading to other people because if you are scared to trade, you know, it's very difficult. But if you trade scared, then you're not scared to trade because I know, okay, I can be wrong on any trade. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. I'm not trying to be perfect. If I'm wrong about a stock, I'll simply cut losses quickly before a small loss can potentially turn into a big disaster, which is the big problem. Too many people want to be perfect. They don't want to make small losses. They don't want to ever admit that they could be wrong. And so they have a small loss and they don't take it. And then they double up on their position, triple up, and then a small loss becomes something you know, much bigger. And that hurts your account, that hurts your confidence, and it really prevents your education from moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And what is uh, an average loss for you in terms of percentage of your account, let's say? Um, I mean, my, my losses are usually less than 1% of my account. Usually it's just a, a few hundred dollars max because, again, I'm, I'm watching the stock so closely. And because I know that I'm, what I'm doing is risky, because I know that 90% of traders lose, I know the odds are against me. So if the stock is going the wrong way, for whatever reason, I accept it, I move on, and then you know, I try and reevaluate and do better. Every single loss helps me learn what not to do. So even if I have a loss, you know, most people have losses, they're like, oh, I lost money, this is terrible. I actually use the losses and they help me learn over time. And that way, if I win, I get richer. If I lose, I get wiser. So every single trade is useful. Mm -hmm. And what type of reward to risk are you looking to get? Yeah, so I, you know, I like trying to make three to four times the risk. So if I'm willing to lose, let's say like $200 on a trade, my goal is to make six or 800 or maybe even $1,000 on the trade. So when I am right, my gains are bigger than my losses too. Mm -hmm. And for the people who are not super aware of what you're doing, what would be your main trading style today? I mean, I trade low price stocks, stocks under $5 a share. Penny stocks is what the world knows of them. And sometimes I bet on them. I bet that the stock prices are going to go higher. And most of the time, I'm actually betting against them because I think a lot of these stocks are scams, like you've seen in the movie Wolf of Wall Street. So you can actually make money when stocks go down. It's called short selling. And most traders, most investors don't realize that. They think that you need a bull market, you need stocks to go up, when in fact, you know, 70% of all stocks drop every single year. It doesn't matter what the stock market is doing, the vast majority of stocks go lower. The vast majority of small companies fail. So you can actually profit on that, even though, you know, some people don't like it. I'm just saying, hey, I just want to try and figure out what is the stock going to do? Is it going to go higher? Is it going to go lower? How can I try to make money either way? And I'm going to guess that you're trading on kind of low time frame, right? Yeah, you know, I'm in and out in a few hours, sometimes a few days, at most a few weeks. But I'm not a long-term investor. You know, a lot of these stocks really move. I mean, they can double in a day. So you have huge volatility, and I'm just trying to take the meat of the move. And how is it to trade and travel at the same time? Is it something you find hard, or do you focus on different markets, I guess? 
Yeah, I mean, I always focus on U.S. stocks, so it's always interesting to try and trade from different time zones. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, like right now in California, I get up at like four or five in the morning. In Italy, it was very nice because, you know, basically the stock market, the U.S. stock market opens at 3.30 p.m. in Italy time. So I can sleep in. I have a nice lunch. So I greatly prefer Europe. But I can do this from anywhere in the world. All I need is Internet access. And then it's just a, a question of trying to figure out the time zone and when I can sleep. And how many hours you spend trading per day? Is it only the morning of the U.S. market? Yeah, I mean, I primarily trade right near the market open and near the market close. Those are the two times, the two hours of the day that are the most volatile. So the middle of the trading day is pretty slow. So I like right now, like I'm, I'm not trading right now as we're doing this. Sometimes if we do an interview like near the market open, I try and challenge myself and I do an interview and I stock trade. It's always fun to try and challenge yeah, yourself yeah. because you get better as a trader. Like, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, if you're trading, you have to focus completely on that. But for me, I have a lot of students who have jobs who are in school. And so I like teaching people to, you know, make a little money in the background trading while trying to integrate it into their, you know, real lives. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure we'll be able to do it because I'm a big fan of focus and like doing one thing at a time. So I'm not sure that would work for me, but maybe good practice. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not an easy thing to try and multitask, but I think that it's very good skill to pick up and it makes it more interesting. You know, I've made trades from trains in Portugal where I had Wi-Fi at the top of the hill and then no Wi-Fi at the bottom of the hill. I've made trades when I first became a millionaire. I, I made a trade from a cruise ship in the Pacific Ocean. I've missed trades when I've gone to the bathroom. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to get into that, but, you know, one of my bathroom trips cost me roughly $30,000. So, you know, I thought about getting a bedpan after that. It's, it's <laughs> always interesting. You try and do the best that you can. Yeah, I love that. And of course, you've helped a lot of traders from now. And I guess when did you start, like a few, a few years ago to teach online and everything? Yeah, so I've been teaching actually now for uh, nearly a decade. It's always changing. You know, video is changing the educational world. And it's really uh, going to be an interesting next few years as, you know, the internet develops more and, and we have more tools. Mm -hmm. And do you have an idea just like that of how many people you've taught in the past? I mean, I've had over 10,000 students, but the problem is that most students aren't truly dedicated. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't even review all the video lessons because there's always new stocks in play. I'm always making usually a video lesson per day. So it's kind of like a gym membership where, you know, 80% of people with a gym membership, they pay, but they don't actually go to the gym. So it's my job to constantly try to get people to not just sign up, but to study. And that's why if you follow me on social media, you know, I'm showing off my trips, I'm showing off my Lamborghini and Ferrari and, you know, showing off my millionaire students because every single day I have to find ways to get people to study, you know, 20, 30, 40 minute video lessons. That's not easy. You know, the education system is broken in the U.S. for a very good reason. Studying is not fun. So that's my main task these days. And is that the easiest way to get people motivated? Because I've, I've found the same thing in the people I teach. Some people are super motivated. They, like, they want to do everything. And some people don't want to do anything. They just want to like, watch videos and like, do nothing else after. Yeah, I mean, most people just want hot stock picks. And that's a big yeah. problem. Because if you just want hot picks and you don't want to prepare, you don't want to study... It's so tough for me to create a millionaire student. Like, I, it's easy for me to say, oh, I have a few millionaire students. To actually create a millionaire from scratch is not easy. I mean, this was probably the hardest thing that I've ever done. Forget about me just making a million dollars, but to actually try to transfer 
you know, my knowledge base to other people. And now, you know, I have a few students. My most famous student was profiled on CNN. He turned 1500. He's now at 3.3 million after four years. So to do that is a remarkable feat. But if you have the wrong attitude, if you're not willing to study, if you only want hot stock picks, you're never going to be my next millionaire student. So I actually have to kind of weed out people with bad attitudes. And so we have a whole interview process for people to try and become my students and basically take my team and my times, you know, you have to earn it. Uh, because it's not just me teaching my millionaire students also actually help me now teach other people too. So I'm very fortunate. That's good. And so from all the people you've helped and those who became millionaires, what are the things you went with them through to help them become millionaire? Is there like a process you follow or is it like based on every single person? So I do the video lessons. You know, my team and I give between two and four live trading uh, webinars per week. So you can actually see our screens. You can see us make the stock trades. We do all the watch lists. I do commentary throughout the day. And now lately with my Millionaire Challenge students, you know, I do email support and my Millionaire students do email support. So we can see, you know, people asking the right questions and we can kind of see, you know, who's doing better than others. Like with my website Profitly, we encourage all the students to post their trades, good and bad, so that we can critique them and, you know, try and help them evolve. So we can see, you know, when students are doing better than others. Like Tim Grittani, that was my student who was profiled on CNN. When he passed $100,000 in profits after just a few months, I knew that he was well on his way. I didn't know that he would be at $3.3 million in his fourth year, but I knew that he had something special. You know, he was just a random, you know, 25-year-old former insurance agent, and he really took up the lessons. He was asking my team and I good questions, so we really doubled down our efforts to mentor him. I actually took him to the Maldives, so if, there's no one exact way. It's just about trying to encourage people to study. And, you know, we're all different. If, you know, we have different personalities. So what works for me might not work for Tim Grittani. What works for Tim Grittani might not work for me. So it's not an exact science. And it's not like teaching math where, you know, if you teach math, okay, two plus two equals four every time. In the stock market, in stock trading, you know, there are moving targets. So you have to constantly be adapting. And I think that's the, the toughest lesson for people. Mm-hmm. And you're producing a video for your student every single day, even if you travel? Pretty much every day. You know, I have a video lesson library now of over 4,000 videos. So it's pretty cool. But I try and categorize different patterns and just show like good trades, bad trades, lessons. If I follow my rules, sometimes I break my rules. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I'm undisciplined. And I just try and be as honest as possible so that you can learn from everything. And it's not just my trades. Like, in these video lessons, sometimes I review my students' traits. I really like every single day because it adds to this whole library of lessons. There's so much knowledge. And it's sad that more people on Wall Street don't share their trades transparently. You know, I know a lot of people, it's, it's taboo to talk about the money that you make. And a lot of people on Wall Street don't like to admit the money that they lose. But, you know, I was a philosophy major, so I'm a little bit of an idealist. And I think if people shared their experiences, good and bad, and really presented them in an educational manner, it would be amazing how much education and how fewer mistakes people would make. But unfortunately, you know, I, I am a dreamer. I'm the only one doing it. So no, but I'm doing the same thing too with my videos. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And do you teach your students only the technical stuff or do you also teach them how to be disciplined or how to control their emotions, for example? 
Oh, it's everything. You know, it's not a simple task. You got to teach fundamental. You got to be technical. You know, there's no end to the education. It's kind of crazy. And what do you think is the best way for people to learn? Like, is is it just watching videos of different things or are there steps that like steps that they have to go through to become profitable? There's no one right way or wrong way to learn. It's about helping individual students get on the right path. Some people like the live trading videos. Some people like the watch list. Some people are purely fundamental traders. A lot of other people purely like the charts. So it's just about understanding that everyone's different and that there's no one right or wrong way to, you know, really learning this stuff. As long as, you know, you get on the right groove, right on the right path to actually profiting more than you lose. Mm-hmm. And how do you, how would you turn someone who's not profitable into someone who's profitable? Because a lot of people listening to the podcast are either starting off in trading or they're kind of struggling in trading and they don't know what to do to become successful. So I, mean, I guess that's probably the biggest question people have. Yeah. I mean, statistics show 90% of traders lose money. So if mm-hmm. someone is losing money, you're not alone. In fact, you're in the majority. And what you have to do is try and figure out why are you losing money? What are you doing that's wrong? Are you trying a strategy that maybe you don't truly understand or it it goes against your kind of personality and and your strengths and your weaknesses? So for me, I'm always trying to figure out, you know, what kind of student this is, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, how can they really utilize and maximize their strengths? You know, some of us are cynical people. I'm a very cynical person. So I don't trust any of these small little penny stocks. I like short selling them and betting against them. That's my personality. Somebody else might say, hey, you know, okay, maybe these companies are scams, but I see how fast they can spike. So I like buying them when they spike. There's no one right way and you can keep track based on your actual track record. So step number one, if you're losing money, you really have to start showing and documenting every single trade, ideally online, because you know my community Profitly now has over 100,000 members, and by sharing with the community, it helps keep you honest, because you don't wanna make dumb mistakes where the community is gonna rip on you, and it doesn't matter, you don't have to show your real name, you could be you know, Purple Dragon 654, but just, the thought of sharing every single trade transparently helps you, you know, be more disciplined. And being more disciplined means you have to find a strategy that works for you that you feel comfortable with and, you know, have a plan on every single trade and don't deviate. Don't ignore those rules. Mm-hmm. And I guess from what you mentioned, is it tough to test your strategy or do you have to have a track record of live trading? Because I guess no, I mean, stock is harder, no? I mean, you can always test out any strategy. I think penny stocks are easier just because they're, you know, the best case scenario is you're going to make a few million dollars as opposed to options or Forex or pretty much any other niche in finance where you can make hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. So all the smartest people are not in the niche that I'm in. So the competition is very lacking. Most of the people who trade penny stocks, they're just idiots who think that these companies are going to be the next Microsoft. So (laughs) you don't have a lot of competition. And you can take advantage of that because if you're a realist and you see that most of these penny stocks fail, you have the right mindset, you have the right attitude. So pretty much any stock that spikes is eventually going to crash too. So while you understand that, while history shows us that, most of the people trading these stocks just buy in in hope and it's kind of insane. Mm -hmm. But aren't penny stocks like a lot of on, on news or like how big are the news in penny stocks? Yeah, I mean, news moves stocks. They move stocks in all industries. But with penny stocks, news can move a stock, you know, up or down 50, 100% in a day or two. 
So it's just a very volatile niche. But again, I go in thinking, okay, I'm going to trade scared. Every single trade, I could be wrong. So I'm going to cut my losses if I'm wrong. But I understand and respect the volatility of this niche. And I try and use it to my advantage. Mm -hmm. Now, we spoke a little bit before about people who had to like work and trade at the same time. So what do you recommend to those people? Do you recommend lower time frame in penny stock, for example? Or would you say they have to trade higher time frame? You know, I mean, it's whatever works for them. Because if you're working, we all have different working hours. If you're studying, I mean, I took night classes when I was in school so that I could trade more. But I really like focusing on the market open and the market close. I know a lot of students have very small accounts. So they're under the pattern day trader rule. And when that happens, you can only make three day trades per five rolling day period. So it's actually beneficial to hold the stock overnight so that it doesn't count as a day trade. And I know some traders who hate holding stocks overnight. So mm -hmm. it's totally dependent on the individual. There's no one right way. And you just have to try and make it fit with your schedule. Mm -hmm. But you find that people who trade and work at the same time have success or is it tougher for them to succeed? I actually think it's actually easier because just like when I travel, I actually do better in my trading because if I have nothing going on, I kind of have an addictive personality and I want to trade all the time. I'm like this alcoholic bartender. If I'm traveling or if I'm working, it forces me to really only choose the best setups. And by you know being pickier and only choosing the best setups with patterns that I know and love, that actually helps me be more profitable. So I love to travel and it actually helps me a lot more than if I was just, you know, looking at all these stocks with like five monitors, like some, you know, crazy traders do. So you only have, I guess, your laptop when you trade, right? I have my laptop on my knees right now, and this is all I use. Pretty cool. So what would you say to traders who have like five or six or seven screen to trade? I would say get a life. Trading is not meant to shackle you down. You know, if you've ever seen the movie 12 Years a Slave, that's pretty much your life with all those monitors and you don't even realize it. So my name is Morpheus and I'm here to take you out of the matrix. I like making movie analogies. They work okay. sometimes. Yeah, people get them, I guess. It's better. You know, I mean, it's frankly, I really don't understand people with like five or six or 10 monitors. I guess if you're running like a big hedge fund or something and if you have 10 positions, you know, I only take one or two positions at a time. I can't keep track of, you know, five, 10, 20 positions and and hedging some long, hedging some short. For me, it's all about, okay, how do I make money? $500 a day keeps the real job away. So I aim small and I miss small. I'm not trying to make you know, $50,000, $100,000 in a day or a week like some of these big time traders do. So it's much more manageable. And if I get one or two good trades in a day, that's all I need. Nice. Love that. And if I were to look at, let's say, one of your charts, what would I find? Would I find different indicators or just candlesticks or what would that be? I keep it really simple. You know, I use candlesticks. I like buying stocks that are breaking out to new highs, shorting stocks that are breaking down, you know, below multi-week, multi-month support. You know, if I'm buying, I, I like buying an intraday breakout, a one-week breakout, a one-month, a one-year breakout. The more timeframes that are triggered, the more clear of a pattern, that's what I like. You know, some of my critics say, oh, Tim, the patterns you trade, they're such gimmies. You know, why don't you be a man and trade something more complicated? And I take that as a compliment because, frankly, the patterns that I trade are gimmies. Like, if you look at some of these stocks that I buy, I clearly buy like a cup and handle breakout or, you know, I, I short like a double or triple top. I don't like the fancy stuff. In my experience, all the simple indicators work best. Mm -hmm. I love that. So what do you think would be the main takeaway for the listeners today? 
I would say that, you know, first of all, you have to just come in, no matter what the strategy is, just be unbiased. I know there's a lot of hatred towards penny stocks and short selling, but my top students and I have proven that this stuff works. So I would encourage people to look at trading data and track records and be so, so, so skeptical and suspicious of everyone in this industry. Remember, Bernie Madoff was actually president of the NASDAQ before he was exposed. So you can't trust anybody who claims to be profitable unless they show every single trade. I even show my audits and my income taxes online too, just in case you would have any doubts about this. And my top students, you know, turning a few thousand into a few million, it sounds like a pipe dream. It sounds crazy. They show every single trade. You know, when we got featured by CNN and most recently, some of my millionaire students and I got featured by the Steve Harvey show, we had to show every single trade and every single statement before they put us on. And it's not easy. You know, we don't win 100% of the time. My top students and I win 65, 70% of the time. And again, when we lose, we have smaller losses than our gains. So if you win 65, 70% of the time and your gains are bigger than your losses, it's kind of hard not to grow your account over time. So logically, it makes sense. But just be suspicious of everyone in this industry. It's such a sketchy industry. And I hate being such a, you know, like so focused on on transparency, but I really think it's important. Yeah, no, I I think it makes all the difference. And I guess, yeah, you probably have even a lot of haters yourself. But yeah, if you're showing everything, it's probably better than showing nothing for sure. Well, I enjoy my critics because, you know, if someone says like, I doubt you, that just allows me to link all my audits and all my income taxes and all my top student success. And I say, here, here's all the data. What do you got to say? And then the critics go away. Actually, my first millionaire student, Michael Good, wrote a blog post that's still up. You can Google it. And it's so called Timothy Sykes is full of BS. And it was when he first heard about me, like, oh, claiming he can make millions and claiming he can create millionaires. And he wrote like eight points why he thought that I was full of BS. And we went back and forth in the comments. Eventually, he decided to give my DVDs a try. And now he's up 1.6 million. He's also one of the mentors in my trading challenge. And he's the moderator of my chat room. So I don't mind critics. And some of my best friends, some of my best students actually doubted me in the beginning. So that's kind of the cool thing about being real. I can turn anybody into a believer just by actually showing them all the data. And I know most people are scared of their critics. They're scared of haters. For me, I look at that like a, a potential you know, student. That's cool. And we'll make sure to put that in the show note for sure so people can check it out. Yeah, for sure. And how can people find you exactly? I'm all over the place under Timothy Sykes on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Just Google Timothy Sykes and, you know, understand that a lot of the social media that I post, like from my Ferrari and Lamborghini to these trips, it might get annoying and you might be like, God, he's such a dick. It's all specifically designed to get people to study more. And I've kind of tinkered over the years and found out what gets people studying more. I'll give you an example. A few years ago, I made a 45-minute detailed technical video lesson exposing one of these penny stock scams. And I put it up there, and I was so pumped because I spent so much time researching this company, and I absolutely crucified them. And the video was just unpopular. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, good video. That's cool. And it got like a few hundred views. And I was like, oh, my God, I spent so many hours on this, and no one even cares. (laughs) Then I changed the thumbnail on that same exact video to my orange Lamborghini from a stock chart. And guess how many more people watch the video? Oh my God, probably thousands and hundreds of thousands for sure. 
Correct. Four times more people watched this video. And it was literally the exact same video just because I changed the thumbnail. And not only did four times people watch it, they actually watched it for double the amount of time. So all of my social media, obviously I'm proud of my life. I'm living life. I'm having fun. But it's designed to get people to study more because I want more millionaire students. So a lot of people come up with assumptions of why I do things. I'm purely focused on my students. And while it might sound weird and seem kind of weird, that's why I do it. Mm -hmm. And what kind of goal do you have for the future? More millionaire students. You know, I only have a few. I want more. And I also just started my charity, the Timothy Sykes Foundation. I mean, we've built roughly 10 schools now. So my goal is to build a thousand schools. So I'm like 1% of the way there. So I have some big goals, but I love creating millionaires. I love trying to grow my charity and I love you know, traveling and actually seeing these schools built and seeing the kids' faces, it's an awesome experience. I'm actually going to Laos in a few weeks to see two of my schools being built. Great. And what is your main motivation to do all that stuff? My main motivation? Yeah. I mean, just fulfillment. You know, I, I don't get fulfillment out of like luxury goods anymore. Once you have enough exotic cars, once you travel the world as much as, as I have, it's fun, but it's not like, oh, like this is amazing. You have to have meaning in your work. And for me, you know, creating millionaire students and showing them basically how much freedom they can have and unshackling them from 12 years of slave type situations, which I know way too many people are, are stuck in this nine to five rat race, inundated with debt, no way out kind of life. There is a way out and it's through education and dedication. Love it. So just to remind the listeners, all the show notes are going to be on disartotrade.com. So disartotrade.com, if people want to find the links we talked about, uh, we'll put the article you talked about and a few links to your profiles. And Tim, we have one question we always ask the guests on the podcast. And that question is, if you could give only one piece of advice for traders, what would that one, one sentence of advice be? One piece of advice, one sentence would be, it's okay to be wrong. Simply cut your losses quickly before they turn into a potentially devastating loss. Love it. Love it. Tim Sykes, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Overall, Tim made you realize that we often overcomplicate things, especially when he said, eat, drink, and be married. I think that's a great advice. There's definitely something to be considered about not being biased when you trade. And also, the idea of not letting yourself stop by other people and what people say about you as a trader. The fact that Timothy has been able to turn $12,000 into $2 million really means that something is out there and that you are also able to do it. Whether you have the tools or resources to do it, that's another story. But definitely check out Tim's and we'll make sure to put all the links in the show notes so you can check it out afterward. I really appreciate Timothy for accepting to do this interview. It's been a great pleasure to have him on the podcast. If you want to reach out to me or if you have any questions, check out the Facebook group at thisartotrade.com for slash group. And it's going to be my pleasure to welcome you there and let you meet other traders that are super motivated. On that note, I want to thank you for listening to this episode and I'll see you in the next episode of the Desire to Trade podcast. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Desire to Trade podcast. To get all the information on this show, free articles, and unique resources, make sure to check out www.desiretotrade.com and subscribe. Please leave us a review and let us know what you thought about the show. It's time to become the best trader you can be. See you next time.